Well, welcome to the first Sunday after Labor Day. It's a Sunday when most everyone is back from vacation. It's the Sunday after all schools have started. It's the Sunday after our first week into our fall routine. In a way, it's back to reality Sunday. And for some of you, there's an excitement as you go into a new year, a new school year maybe, or a new job, or just a new season as a family. For some of us, there might be a little bit of sadness as summer is ending, and maybe there's some fear or trepidation as we wonder about what this year is going to be like or how things are going to go. This is also an opportunity to think about where we are at with God. And I wonder where you are at with God today. And to think about that, I want to do a little test. So the first part of this test is going to require you to go back in your mind to a time before the pandemic. So that's two and a half years ago, about February 2020. Can you go back there in your mind? That's If you can't think of that, like think of your age right now, subtract two. Or 2.5, that's where you were, how old you were at that time. And now, you're thinking February 2020, think about where you were with God at that time. In terms of enthusiasm or closeness to Him. And let's say that being passionate or excited about God and your walk with Him is a 10. Being lukewarm, maybe, about God is like a four or five, being cold or distant from God is a one. So on the scale of one to ten, where were you at with God before the pandemic? Get that in your mind. You don't have to shout it out to your neighbors. With with that in mind, where are you at today? And would you say your walk with God today is closer than it was pre-pandemic? About the same Or might you say you're further behind or further away from God? And I think one of the greatest challenges and most damaging things that happened during the pandemic was isolation. We were isolated from one another. And there are many sad stories of seniors, especially, being isolated from their families who lived alone, couldn't see family, some lost their lives in isolation. And when we're isolated, even though we might be able to connect online and all that stuff, we can feel it. It can be demoralizing. It can be discouraging. And it especially affected our church communal life. We we couldn't meet for a while. And when we did meet, we had to be spaced apart, and we had to be in separate services. And it may have been a time that played havoc with our spiritual lives. In fact, some of you may at this point in time be so far removed from where you were with God pre-pandemic that you're wondering if you still believe. Or you have serious questions about Christianity or about the church. So let's acknowledge that all happened or things happened during the pandemic regarding our walk with God. But with that in mind, we're here now on the Sunday after Labor Day in 2022. And my question for you today now is, 
What are you going to do now when it comes to your relationship with God? And some of you may be eager to take another step. Some of you are in survival mode and you need to take the step of just letting others know I need prayer. And some of you are wondering about letting your relationship with God go because you're not sure. And the only reason you're here today or you're watching online is because of social or family pressure. But deep down, you're no longer sure about God. So let me take a moment to just talk about God, to remind us who he is and what he thinks of us. God is your and my heavenly father. You are God's child. God cares deeply for you. God cares about the challenges in your life. The disappointment you carry. The hard things that you face right now. And God not only sympathizes. He sent his son to live this life. And Jesus lived in poverty. Dealing with the outcasts. And the rejection that came with being from the lower class. Jesus died for us giving his life so that we could be forgiven and have salvation. God is the greatest need you and I have, whether we acknowledge it or not. And he can handle tough questions and frustration and charges that he's unfair. Yet he won't force a relationship with us. He has revealed himself in many ways and invites us to connect with him. And his ultimate aim is to bring us to wholeness and to peace and to shalom and to Christ's likeness. But he waits for us to come to him with all that he's revealed to us about himself. And he offers us the spirit to empower us, Jesus to accompany us to grant us that forgiveness and walk with us and lead us. And he himself, God the Father, offers us his guidance and his perspective. So God, who is your loving, compassionate, powerful, and good Father, desires a deep relationship with you. What might your next step be then in your walk with him? And I want to invite you to consider one way that you might answer this question this fall. And it's simply this. Imagine this is you talking and saying, I will take one step towards closer connection to God by taking a step closer to connection with the community here at SVBC. And you might think, what does that have to do with my relationship with God? Well, connecting with other Christians helps us stay connected to God. We need each other if we are going to make it in this Christian life. Life is hard. And following Jesus was never meant to be a solo journey. There's so much that life throws at us. The enemy of our souls is actively opposing us every step of the way. He continually throws doubts about God into our mind. 
just as he did with Eve. Planting thoughts like God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really want the best for you. God has forgotten about you. And when we're isolated, those thoughts can grow without reminders or challenge from other believers. If you have a Bible, turn to Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13, which is page 848 in the Bibles in front of you. Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13. And listen carefully to the warning here. It says, Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So do you see the warning there? We can have unbelieving hearts which lead us to falling away from the living God and we need one another to exhort one another as long as it is called today, every day, that none of us may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And maybe during the pandemic and maybe during that time of isolation, your heart was hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. But taking one step towards community can be a way to invite others to again speak into your life and to begin softening that hardening that has happened. So I want to tell you a little story today that may help encourage you to take one step closer to God by taking one step closer to this community. And here's the story. Last year about this time, our leadership was asking the question, where are we at now as a church? We're kind of coming out of the pandemic. Although if you remember last September, we were just about ready to launch. And then the government imposed some new restrictions again. And we had to uh, go to multiple services, two services, because we had gathering limits. So we were kind of hamstrung again. But we wondered, what does God want? Where does he want us to focus? And we started talking about new vision. And we wanted something that would invite everyone's participation We struggled for a few months talking about this. But then we came across a verse that we sensed was from the Lord for us at this time. Habakkuk 2 verse 3, which says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And we sensed encouragement from the Lord to wait until the vision came. And we believe it came to us this past May. When presented to all of the leadership, we found a new enthusiasm, a new endorsement, something that we could work with, something that we could invite anyone to participate in, something that gives us focus, purpose, and inspiration for our own spiritual walks and for the direction of our church. And the vision, though we do much of this already, asks, what do you want us to do next, Lord, in this area? What might you want us to focus on? And I present this to you today for your prayer and reflection, but also to help you perhaps take a step towards God by taking a step towards 
a community that is following this vision. So here's the vision. It's actually three two-word phrases. Phrase number one, loving God. Loving God. The first and greatest commandment. Found originally in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind. And Jesus proclaimed that this was the first and the greatest commandment and that this love relationship with God was vital for everything else in our lives. And you likely have heard the parable of the Good Samaritan. Well, you know the genesis or the origin of that parable. A lawyer asks Jesus a question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asks him, what does it say in the law? And he answers in Luke 10 verse 25. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. But the lawyer is not convinced, totally. And so he says, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells him the Good Samaritan parable. But Jesus calls this loving God the first and greatest commandment. And the more that we love God, the more likely it is that we will love our neighbors. And we focus a fair bit on loving God already in our church community. We love God through our worship. We love God by having a high view of his word. We love God by teaching others about him, whether they be children or youth or adults. We love God by engaging in Christian practices, both individually and collectively. And the vision statement reminds us about our passion for loving God. First and foremost, are you loving God? How can we love you more, God? Where can we strengthen this? And maybe what you need to do in your relationship with God today is to love him more. Start by pursuing that love relationship again, renewing or restarting your own prayer and Bible study time, or joining one of the groups or ministries that we have for you. So first phrase, loving God. Second phrase has generated much discussion and a little controversy. So I hope I can explain it well enough. Phrase two, changing lives. And this phrase reflects the leadership's passion to see lives changed because of Christ, an encounter with Christ. And many lives have been changed in this church's history because they met Christ here and in this community. The question and controversy, however, concerns the source of life change. Isn't it God who changes lives? Isn't it the Lord who changes hearts through the work of the Spirit? Shouldn't we be saying changed lives, not changing lives? Well, yes, certainly it is God who changes our hearts. And we depend on him for his life-changing ministry. Yet we noticed that God invites his disciples to join him in the life-changing work or ministry that he commissioned them to. And remember the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where Jesus says to the disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I command you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A commission to the disciples. Notice Jesus did not say, 
Watch me go. Watch me make disciples. Watch me baptize people. Watch me teach them to obey. You do it. And surely I am with you always. And as followers of Christ, you and I have this same commission. By the Spirit's power and enabling, we are commanded to go and make disciples. Through our ministry, God can work to change lives. And if you were with us this past summer and with us through the book of Ezekiel in the last two or three messages, you saw a picture of God dwelling with his people. And remember the picture of the new temple and then God returns to the temple and the image is that God is going to again be dwelling with his people. And then we saw that the New Testament writers picked up this image of the new temple but portrayed it not as a new building but as a new people. A new people. We are the temple of the living God. We are the temple of the living God individually. We are the temple of the living God corporately. And we are being built up into a spiritual house as God's people with Christ as our cornerstone. And we looked at 1 Peter 2 verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And one commentator says, as the new temple of God, the church serves as the agent of life and renewal to a world that languishes under the curse of sin and death. So if you imagine a people like us and God dwelling among us, what happens when God dwells among his people? Life happens. The spirit ministry happens. We minister to one another. We talk through the Bible together. We support one another through tough times. The spirit joins us in all this to change and encourage hearts. So we get to participate in God's life-changing work. And if you're in your Bibles in Hebrews, turn back a few books to the little book of Colossians, which we will be looking at in detail this fall. Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. And listen to how this principle of our participation in God's life-changing work is described. So Colossians 1, 28, the Apostle Paul's talking to here, and he says, Him, Christ... We proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So he's ministering and participating in changing lives so people become mature in Christ. And then listen to verse 29. For this I toil, struggling, with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So do you see that partnership there? Where Paul is ministering for the purpose of seeing people grow into maturity in Christ and he toils, he labors in the power of God. So we participate in changing lives. Yet some of you 
Your greatest need right now is not to participate in the changing lives of others, but to have your own life changed. And wherever you've been at, you, you need to talk about this. Or, or maybe you need to talk about the fact that you did really have severe doubts about God that have come through the pandemic, and you, you need to talk about that. And, and I pray that SVBC will be a place, is a place, is a people where we can honestly ask those kinds of questions. Our hope is during our next group's time following the worship service that we can have a, have a class, maybe especially for young adults, but for people to ask real questions and not questions that have no risk, but real questions like, What if the Bible isn't true, or is it true? Or how do I reconcile this piece or that piece? So we're, we're going to try and figure out a way, if we don't have that class, but I want to have a special time, or special times where we can have those kind of conversations and listen and not slam each other and work through the realities of where we're at with God. And so maybe we need to have our hearts changed by God, and that's your next step, to reach out and to ask the hard question to someone that you trust. Or if you want to talk to me, I'd be more than happy, or one of the staff here, to hear and listen to your thoughts about God. But we join God in his work of changing the lives of others. And that's why we landed on phrase two. So we've got loving God, we've got changing lives, and then the third Phrase is another two-word phrase and is simply serving community. And by community, we mean two things. The community here at SVBC and the community outside of SVBC. And churches usually struggle in having a good balance in those two. Churches often will focus inwardly and only at their own community. But sometimes churches focus so much outwardly that they neglect the inward community. So we want to try and and have a healthy balance here, maintaining and enhancing our ministries within the community while reaching out to Woodlands and the greater St. Albert community. And I want to say to you that one of the most impactful ways that you can grow in your walk with God is by serving. These three phrases are not a process. I have to love God first, then I have to have my life changed, and then I can serve. One of the most impactful ways you can have your life change is by serving. Or you love God by serving. So it's not a hierarchy. Although loving God is the first and greatest commandment, this is not a process to be followed, but a life to be lived. At the same time, we're loving God, we're having our lives changed while we participate in changing the lives of others, and we serve community. We love God by serving one another. We love the community. We love our neighbor flowing out of our love for God by serving. So don't think, you know, I've got to get to a certain level before I can serve. No, you can, you can participate. And that's a way that God changes us too, changes our lives through our serving of others. Past week I was in a couple of different ministry situations that uh, are a little bit outside of my normal 
my normal ministry situations and encountering people and the way that God spoke to me through those encounters was, was just profound. It, it was just that opportunity where I thought I was going to serve and then, then I, I was served. I thought I was going to help change a life and my life was changed. Or God said something to me through that encounter. And so I want to encourage you to be willing to step out to serve others. And, and what might God be calling you to do in that area? And, and there's plenty of opportunities. If you look at this brochure, brochure that you were handed today, it kind of describes a bunch of the things that are going on and that are starting up. And uh, there's opportunities for you there to consider um, how you're going to connect, how, how you might take that next step of connecting and, and I want you to invite you to spend time doing that uh, today or prayerfully think about that this week as, as a means of, of, of not just, oh, I'm going to commit to something or do something, add another thing to my schedule. No, I'm taking a step towards God by taking another step to connect with this community. And, and so that's our... That's our vision that we want you to think about and pray about. It's on the front page of your bulletin, if you didn't notice. Loving God, changing lives, serving community. Hopefully, you can remember that by the time you leave today. And we want you to pray about it, to think about it, but to act on it. And to let it speak to you about your next step in your walk with God. So let's pray together. Lord, today we come to you and we want to thank you for bringing us through to where we are today, through all that's happened through the pandemic and everything there. And we recognize that there has been in many situations, in many lives, some havoc wreaked by all the disruption that we experienced, some havoc in our walk with you. And I pray for everyone in person here and, and online. I pray for our spiritual walk with you, Lord, our walk with you daily. I pray that you will soften hard hearts, that you will break through any lies or deceit that the enemy has planted or is trying to get us to take in. I pray that you will break through the hesitation that we might have of reconnecting with this community in some way because we need one another, Lord. You, you created the church, the body of Christ, because we need you. We need each other and we need you. And so help us to overcome our fears, our hesitations, our shyness about connecting and open our eyes to our place in the body of Christ. And, th and thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to join us, to identify with life here, to experience every temptation that anyone could experience and resist them all, and yet be gracious and forgiving and loving. 
leading us on our path for whatever life brings. Show us our next step, Lord. Help us to follow you, to grow in you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.